Unedited Portland, the podcast live from the Just Paid Rent Studios here in Northeast Portland with my friend, Short Change. How you doing today, man? Good, man. A little fire, man. Capleton. Hell yeah, dude. It's uh, oh, fire. Get you going, man. Get you fired up on this sunny day like today. Yeah, man. It's beautiful out there. I love it. I love it. It is, what do we got here? May the 15th, 2012. You got it. Uh, it is uh, election day here in Portland. That's right. Did you uh, drop your ballot? Dinner, man. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> Put me on the spot already. Oh, uh, that's all right, man. That's all right, dude. I'm just a political science, you know, guy, so <laughs> I'm just know. slightly offended. All right. That yeah, was, politics. As you said, that was Capleton, the, <laughs> the great. So, um, yeah, it is election day, so there's a lot of things going on here in the city, but uh, I want to know what's going on with you. Yeah, man, you know, just uh, relaxing, cooling out, enjoying the nice weather out there, and... Uh, yeah, man. It's been a good 2012 so far. I've, I liked it. I mean, yeah. given that it might be the end of the world. I'm, yeah, that's right. We're going out on a high note, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, the man Chris Martin, if you haven't checked that tune out yet, brand new tune, 2012. Nice. I'll have to take Something it. like, uh, either I'm getting married or the world's coming to an end. Something like that. <laughs> it's going up or Fresh it's going Fresh out of Jamaica. Down. Yeah, dude. That's big time. That's big time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um... For those that don't know, you are DJ Shortchange. You got it. Uh, a reggae genre DJ. That's right. For the most part, you know. Um, definitely breakout. It's kind of how I started DJing here in Portland. But this time and point, do a lot of weddings, do a lot of beer garden parties, do cool. a lot of house parties. So play a little bit of everything. But I think most of the people in Portland know me for the reggae vibes, which is definitely uh, where my heart's at. Okay. And then also host of a KPUS kpsu radio station yeah uh, yeah and that's the uh reggae revelation show you got it reggae revelation every sunday 8 to 10 p.m started that in uh, 1999 nice and, and uh, uh yeah man formerly they had an am station you could get off the uh off the campus but now it's uh, relegated to online media yeah kpsu.org and also 98.1 on the campus but real short signal there just probably the dorm rooms right used so. to have 1450 am but yeah, that's a story in itself. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Um, I used to listen to that, and I was disappointed. Yeah, and then luckily, the, I was too. the internet quickly kind of took up the slack. So I, I didn't feel like, you know, too out of place. Like I was able yeah. to still hear your, your uh, I was going to say podcast there, but radio show. It becomes a podcast almost once it's online. Like yeah, that. it gets archived. So if you don't check it live, you can check it on the archives. Right. And how far back do you think those archives go still? Um, not too far back. And actually, there's been quite some uh, technical difficulties over the last year or so with the archive, so I think it's back up and running. It's kind of been hit and miss lately, but uh, yeah, still we got the live stream going and, and got lots of listeners out there in the interweb land. That's good. That's good, man. And so, uh, so originally, man, to give people yeah. the short change story, are you from Portland? I'm not. I'm not. So uh, I was born in Grass Valley, California. Okay. Only lived there for a year. You know, I don't really remember much of that. What what part of California? Grass Valley, which is like Sierra Nevada, kind of way out. Nice. Uh, and then moved up to Hillsboro, actually, when I guess I was one or so. Lived okay. there till I was five, and then I actually grew up really in the town of Monmouth, Oregon. 
if you know where that's at. Uh, I'm thinking <laughs> east of here? No, no. It's, uh, it's down by Salem. So, actually, if you're going down Highway 99 through McMinnville, oh. then you got a little town, Ricreal, Monmouth, and then you got Corvallis. Okay. So, Western Oregon State University. It's okay. like woo-you now. Right, right. But a uh, small, small town. Um, you know, grew up there about thousand people when college wasn't in session when college was in session maybe five thousand at the most wow and not a whole lot to do but getting a lot of trouble i i can imagine i (laughs) I myself grew up in a small town um yeah does uh did you start doing anything with music then yeah i did and actually uh, that's where the short change name came from so way back in the day definitely was a rap fiend so yo mtv raps all that such, you know, listening to Run DMC, picking strawberries in the strawberry fields in like fifth grade. Nice. Uh, with my Walkman and all that. Some and, Beastie uh, Boys. Some Beastie Boys, rest in peace, MCA. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, man, and uh, all that stuff. So really got into the rap vibes. Uh, at that time, uh, formed a group with some crew, friends of mine. We are called the BAM Posse, which stood for <laughs> Bustin' Nut Posse. <laughs> and uh you never knew this whole side i know that's that's why we do the podcast yeah man this is awesome so it was the busting up posse um i was too fresh jeff and it's jeff with a g if you didn't know most people don't even know what my real name right? is here in portland they're like <laughs> i knew it for a time know. and then and then i started referring to you always as short change to <laughs> yeah, other man. people and then i slowly realized i didn't know it anymore and it's like one of those awkward things where i've known you probably five six seven yeah. maybe even going on 10 years at this point it's I'm, all good people are always like what should i call you i'm like change short change, change whatever that's cool well, it's that's, all good that's good that you're good with that because uh yeah I, I have the same problem with Elvis now because I was introduced to Elvis with his real name at one point and was, right. was told by a friend of his, hey, man, if you see him now right. and he's not wearing the Elvis gear, right, right. refer to him as this. And I, <laughs> lo and behold, I've totally forgotten that. So now I just say, hey, buddy. Yeah, and exactly. I hope hey, man. In, and hope he's in his Elvis gear because <laughs> he's always Elvis. So. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a busting up posse back in those days. Um, and then... You know, we did some things around the college. I remember one time open mic competition. Again, I was like seventh grader, eighth grader. We got up on stage. My buddy, Capital C, he was the DJ. He was on my mom's turntable. He like did a couple cuts, broke the needle. They were like, everyone, the busting up posse. <laughs> and we got up there and all these college kids were like, boo, what? You're too young to bust a nut. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Getting in our grills, but we, you know, we came with it, and uh, then I was looking for a new name. It's probably like 1990 now, and uh, you know, it's like West Coast gangsterism, the whole Crips and Bloods. I was into Ice Cube right, and right. Ice T and all that gangster rap, and so I was talking to this kid at school, uh, like a mentor kid. He was always troublemaker, and uh, I was like. Yo, I'm looking for a new rap name. I'm thinking like Short G, you know, G Jeff, G Gangsta, and he was like, "What? It's more like Short Change." Bam. Bam. Done. Now, 20 years later, no one knows what my name is, but Short Change. That's true, man. So, um, yeah, that's really when the whole Short Change thing, music thing, started for me. Um, came out with a, a tape. Uh, I probably had like 18 tracks on it. I used to sit in front of a uh, my stereo in my room, 
my mom would always be on the intercom. She'd be like, turn the bass down from the basement. Get all mad. <laughs> would, that, would that come over on the tape once in a while? Yeah, probably. It's get probably there somewhere. You know, I got to find these things, but I got a couple tracks. It's all about, like, the police. Monmouth was the Oregon State Police Academy was there, so oh. all the people that didn't make it out, they ended up, you know, staying there, staying harassing there. the kids. So, uh, but you know, um, yeah, I came out with a tape, had about 18 songs. Used to use my mom's little boombox tape recorder. I'd play like, even like in vogue, hold on, like just the loop, just the beat, play it in, stop it, record it, play it again, and like create a rhythm out of just looping that one little loop. I, I did that for a while early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day. It's like yeah. 1990 or something, maybe. For sure, for Play sure. Play it back and then rap into the boombox and, you know, record a track or two. And So it was fun. Came up to Portland quite a bit to go to shows. Uh, first concert was uh, New Edition Heartbreak Tour 1988. Wow. Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock were supposed to open. They didn't show. <laughs> So Ella Cool J's DJ Bobcat played. All right. Karen White was there doing her thing. And, uh, do you remember what location yeah. that was? It was at? at the Coliseum. Oh wow! Got okay. dropped off there. There was all these big pimps and like you know limos and big old hubcaps hanging off their necks. Wow, man! Wow. Thought that was pretty cool. It was, a, it was a different era, but it was a different city then. Yeah, it was. You know, yeah, we were uh, we had a different identity. I think um, in the '70s and the '80s, like that. It was a little more iconic. You sure. Know, we're kind of becoming more like vanilla. Yeah. You know, it's all kind of merging together and corporatism and all that. But uh, oh, yeah. that sounds cool, man. That'd, that'd be a good that'd be a good night, man. New edition, huh? <laughs> yeah. Getting down. So, yeah. Um, you know, grew up pretty much all in the rap game. Um, did some other performances. I remember my high school had like this dude kind of beauty pageant thing. Some girls made me join and... For the talent part, I was like, me and my buddy Honky A, I was like, we're gonna be, we're gonna do a rap thing. Like, you can't do it together. You gotta do separate. I'm like, well, then we're out. We're not gonna do this. Right. So they let us. We rocked the house. We were like, throw your hands in the air, wave them like you just don't care. If you're down with the honkies, everybody say, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. All these parents were all like, <laughs> anyways, it was funny. It was comedy, but uh. Did that, and then uh, I graduated high school in 94 and immediately got the hell out of there. Exodus to Portland. Yeah, I knew already. Um, you know, I grew up a computer kid and knew I was going to go to PCC, get a computer degree, move to Portland, and that's what I did. So hightailed it up to Portland and started, uh, yeah, spreading my roots here. That's that's an interesting story. Um, I, I did the same thing in the sense that I grew up in a small town in Washington. Uh, okay. Shout out to Chimacum, Washington. And, um, Where's that at? Yeah, right. It's on the uh, Olympic Peninsula. Okay. So it's over there by uh, Port Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Would be a yeah, place know Port Townsend. people might know. Um, but yeah, immediately I, I was scouting around colleges and I knew I wanted to go to a big city. Sure. And, and Seattle just felt like it was, it was too big of a leap. Like I felt like I was not going to make it and failure was not an option for right, me. Right, right. Like I, wherever I went, I wanted to be able to establish something. I wanted to be able to stay. And at the last minute, this girl that I was seeing was like, hey, I'm going to school in Southern Oregon. You should come look at some Oregon schools with me. Right. And I was like, I don't know about all that. And I just went on the web and somehow found PCC. Right. And it's a community college and no one moves anywhere to go to a community college. But I did. Yeah, I did too, man. Yeah. And I and it was because it was cheap. It was 31 bucks a credit when I moved here and, and I got it done. And so it's, it's cool that you did the same thing. I mean, uh, it, Portland is a really amazing creative town. 
Absolutely. You know, if you get a chance to come out here and uh, and see what people are doing, um, I I can't I can't think of anybody I know that wouldn't enjoy it here. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a great place to live. It's this time of the year is amazing. I mean, obviously we're gonna get a bunch of people coming through for the summer and being like, oh, this place is beautiful, but I, I can even handle it mid November. Yeah, know? it's fine. Pouring you know? rain. Yeah. It's 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 fine to me. So that's that kind of moves us on to the the second bit about this show. I usually do is kind of focus on the city of Portland. Sure. So you've done you've done your due diligence bringing your story up to here. And uh, what what in your mind has uh, the characteristics of Portland set you up for for being who you are and and doing the things you're doing? Like what what elements here in Portland do you think help support your career currently sure. as a DJ? Yeah, I mean as far as the DJ vibes, I think uh, you know kind of getting into how I got into the DJ thing here in Portland. Um, again, even back when I was doing the rap thing in Monmouth, I DJed my high school dances here and there and just always, um, enjoyed listening to and playing music. Uh, I remember down there listening to KBOO a lot. Um, so, you know, I had it locked in 90.7, the boo, big up, big up all reggae crew, Ross, Danny, Teresa, Michelle, I tell vibes. Yeah. All y'all, everyone over at the boo, you know? Um, and this was even before I was probably listening to like it was like the spaz or whatever like kind of more the funk and rap thing or whatever um kbvr down in corvallis i used to call up on their rap show and bust some freestyle battles over the phone whatever That's pretty sweet, man. so just always you know liking that and then when uh finally like about 99 when i really want i was talking to this guy at work uh i work for a software company here in portland i got hired just fresh out of pcc and uh this guy was like yeah, you know, and I knew about the boo, but I knew it'd probably be hard to get on, and so this cat was like, you should go to KPSU, and I'm like, well, what's that, you know, I was like, oh, Portland State, they got a radio station, so I went over there, I never went to school at PSU, I showed up, uh, I took this test, I went through the apprenticeship stuff, there was this cat there, Gabe, he had a bomb-ass hip-hop show called The Cuts and the Flow, him and Joe D, these cats were funny. Do, you, and, do, uh, do we know what happened to them? Like, uh, he's they- out in D.C. now. Uh, Joe, I don't know, but this was way back. He was uh, this other cat, Dave Jimenez. He was the station manager at the time. He had a show right after me on Sunday nights called Soliloquy of Chaos, which was an hour of dub right after me and then nice. an hour of punk. Oh, wow. So it was really cool how it worked out. I mean, you know, I've been doing this now 12, 13 years. DJ Simmerdown before me, he's been on there for about... 15 16 years doing a ska show from seven to eight on sundays right yeah so we've had the sunday vibes locked down so i had to pick what kind of music to play and i'm like you know there's already a hip-hop show and growing up you know i like bob marley and so um you know i'll do a reggae show there's no reggae show so started doing that uh, at one point i had a dance hall show on tuesday nights for a while a couple years maybe called bashy bashy tuesdays okay so it was just really cool how I wasn't even a student. I was given this opportunity. I've been there since, you know, and just holding it down and and having that opportunity. And that really got me going. I met a DJ, DJ Professor Stone, who used to DJ here in Portland for quite some time. Uh, He was from Fresno down south. And um, he really took it to the next level for me as far as we met up. We started DJing together. And uh, I started buying records through, like, a record pool. So... Uh, Jamaican style, all 45s, once a week, every couple weeks, you get a stack, probably like a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks worth of records, 
you wouldn't have any choice. It was like, here you go. Here's your records for the week. Right. You go home. It's all these brand new rhythms. Some of it's like crazy bashment dance hall. I'm like, I don't know if I can play that. You know, whatever. Punani tunes and crazy stuff. But, right. you know, it is what it is. It has its place, its time, whatever. And, uh, you know, that's that really got me started. We started DJing at the Red Sea. Did like a weekly over there, DJed at DVA, which is now a strip club, but <laughs> we held down a weekly over there, um, kind of in that same time. Um, after a while, Professor Stone and I kind of kind of split our ways a bit, and he ended up moving back. He moved to Bend for a while, moved down to Fresno, um, but definitely, um, you know, very priceless what he taught me about being a DJ, and especially technique-wise. Uh, he's got amazing DJ technique skills, taught me a lot about, you know, just spinning tunes, spinning reggae and all that stuff, spinning the rhythms. Sounds like a really good opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, so that, you touched on a couple of things I actually wanna, yeah, wanted to speak to you about, which is, uh, one is the, the genre of reggae and mm-hmm. how, it, how it's evolving and, sure. um, I have a conscious love for like roots reggae. Absolutely. I mean, the Dennis Brown, the Gregory Absolutely. Isaacs, um, the classic foundation. Yeah. And, and I, I have an appreciation for dance hall, yeah. but I, I almost feel like it's overdone Sure. right now. I think it's overexposed. I think like it's, it's, it's kind of slightly ruining the genre in the sense that that's what people, Oh, reggaeton, reggae. And it's like, and in my mind, I'm like, I want to like grab them and be like, let, let me play some roots, man. Right, right, like, right. Because it was about, like, what I used to always tell people was uh, reggae always takes, like, the, the hardest subjects and subject matter that they could sing about and sing it in this positive light, you know? Like, when Bob Marley says, you know, um, they're going to blow up a church because the preacher is lying. Sure, sure. You know, that statement has, there, there's just crazy skill in that writing where you, you just, each word pops and just gives this specific meaning and, and strength to it, and... And it's and everyone else kind of thinks of it as oh everyone sounds the same it's like boom ba boom ba boom ba and it's yeah. not you know it's so dynamic and and important to me that those messages get um, brought out and do you, do you think that there's a chance that Roots is going to make a comeback or are there are there artists that you see that are, are going to be able to make a breakthrough and actually become the the popularity level that dance halls hit recently or you know I mean I kind of see it as I mean that's the crazy thing I see it all as reggae but I just see these different genres within reggae so i think the roots will always be there i think you know dance hall will continue to evolve i think even roots music you know the newer modern roots singers like luciano and right you know like new stuff that pops out um i mean that's the thing there's always so many artists so many cats coming out of jamaica so you know i see shifts in the music but to me it's all still there and uh you know the roots will always stay alive, and nice. uh, it just depends on. And that's where you know I'm I'm pretty particular about my selections, and I agree. I'm definitely more on the rootsy side. My radio show, you know, I'll, I'll play some a little dance hall in there, but I try to keep it conscious just because that's what I like, you know. Right. And yeah. and I, I get to jump up party vibes too, though, so that's fun, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, if people like to dance. I mean, it's tougher yeah, to dance but, like the real fast-paced dance to a root song. I mean, there's, a, yeah. there's some you can, and a lot of them you can't, you know. And so I can see how the I get how the dance hall evolved 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 in Jamaica from the the live scene. Yeah. You know exactly. the uh, the clashes and whatnot, you know. And and I and I'm a student of the game as far as reggae. Like I I looked it up. I looked up the King Jammies and the French Jammies and the and oh, yeah. and the tennis saws and and all the all what went on in the 70s and and that is what 
really drove my love of the music was this story behind it, which is so amazing. I mean, it wasn't just like what we see when three or four dudes get in a garage and play some music together, you know. It was a way of life. They were battling against the government. They were battling against police and other factions of music. And and, and it was real and raw, and, and yet they got it done. Yep. and got it recorded and so uh, yeah yeah and that's the thing I mean if you that's that's the funny thing you know listening to even like new dance hall and, and people are you know I've still never been to Jamaica and people are always like well I mean I go to Jamaica and you know I haven't been and I'll go and I'd love to but also I kind of you know I feel like I know reality over there you know from right. the music because if you listen to the music and even the new stuff and the old stuff, it's still the same. Like it's, it's a beautiful place, suffering going on and poverty and violence <clears throat> and crazy <coughs> things. People just trying to survive. And you know, sure, you could go to the resorts and have a good time or right. whatever, but that's not the real Jamaica. Yeah, and, sandals is not Jamaica. You know, so, um, so that's kind of a part of the reason when you know I think about Jamaica and it just understanding the music because it's still the same it's it's really like the street story it's life in the music right and uh and i think a, you know that's very important and then know. another thing that I, I you touched on was that yeah. you said you played a show at the red sea yeah man and i miss the red sea oh and, absolutely and, and i don't even necessarily miss it because it was such a spectacular venue or whatnot because it had its issues you know i mean it at one point needed a floor I feel like yeah, the Red Sea. I mean, it's but you know. but it felt iconic and it felt important to the music, the reggae music scene. Absolutely, here. it felt like it. It was a statement to say, downtown will support reggae, and yeah. here's the place for it. And you know, it's a gay bar now, and that yeah. you know, that's fine. That's a whole other culture that yeah, Portland yeah. celebrates and and whatnot, and and has complete place here. But it's it's sad in the sense that that to me was kind of the last bastion of of reggae-ness you know yeah. we still get shows at Roseland we still get shows at Wonder Ballroom but how how do you think the the effect of losing a, an icon location like Red Sea has, has changed the I think it's scene? been big 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 because you know you can ask anybody who's been in Portland for you know 20 years or whatever and everyone knows the Red Sea and the Red Sea was it was the spot it was the place where you know I mean Portland I hang out, you know, a bit in Seattle, right? And seeing the reggae scene up in Seattle. And every time I go to the dance hall, I'm like, wow, you know, it's, this is a big city. And, and Portland really is a small city. Right. And there's good and bad with that. But, you know, a part of that is it's also, you know, not a whole lot of culture. I mean, there is, you know, its own Portland kind of culture. But just international culture and flavor there's a lot, but compared to like a bigger city like Seattle or something where you can go to the dance hall and it's ram packed with, right. you know, all types of people. And the Red Sea was that spot where even people maybe could kind of come out of their comfort zone and go, you know, party. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. People got crazy at the Red Sea. It was kind of like lose your inhibitions and, you know, there yeah. was good and bad with that. But um, it was just a party vibe up in there and, and also a reggae vibe and, you know, everyone getting along, you know, listening to reggae music. And that was a beautiful thing. It, it was way beautiful. You know? And it was a sad thing for missed. me because there was a, uh, there was an, is a mural of Bob Marley. Absolutely. On the wall of that building that I assume the owners of the Red Sea had something to do with. Yeah. Out. And actually I can talk to that point a lot. Um, so a good brethren, Shane Bennett, um, you know, Brian from Zion. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, his brethren, a good friend of our, all of ours, and, and his big crew, 
uh, painted that mural with some other uh, uh, brethren and his dad owns a um, mural company and um, there's that mural over in um, Westmoreland over in uh, Oaks Bottom with the uh, all the birds okay, on the yeah. uh, funeral home you know yeah yeah he did all that um the bob marley mural definitely like portland style is you know pretty renowned for portland yeah he's done skyscrapers and all stuff and uh unfortunate thing he actually passed away a couple years ago in a snowmobile accident in colorado in boulder and so um yeah there was a a big tribute to him at the roseland theater don carlos played it wow. was uh i got a you know i had the opportunity to dj that and it was an honor to support him and, and don carlos so, for those who don't know and shame on you if you don't yeah um they played on an entire album about two years ago with groundation as the drummer as sure. well as a member of black uhuru for a while and then in his own right a reggae pioneer of sorts and yeah man uh, i had that great uh firehouse clash with him and junior reed oh yeah yeah that's a good good album yeah so yeah actually that that mural it's it's you know it's kind of a definitely a reggae Portland landmark and uh, special to my heart because our brethren Shane that painted it. So there was a um, moment in yeah. time right after the Silverado bought it that they yeah. put a giant banner over it. And, yeah, and I don't know if you remember that or not. And I yeah, was, I remember it got covered up for and a I was, minute. I was a little scared about that, a little yeah. ashamed, a little like I felt smited you know and 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 it's because like there's this thing about cities where yeah if it's graffiti and it's it's and and there's another debate i don't want to get into about you know whether or not graffiti is art but there's certain types of graffiti that in my yeah, mind yeah. is pretty distinguished to just be vandalism sure and if it is then it's good to cover it up and put something better there you right know? there's a there's an old saying in business if there's one broken window soon there'll be two and it means that like when you leave something unkept right it, it leads others to believe that you're not paying attention so more things can go wrong and i was happy when somebody in that organization made the call to take that banner down and now bob marley remains and and i'm, I'm glad because like i said i mean it's fine that it's a gay bar i mean it's fine that it's it's an establishment i mean you got to pay rent obviously the red sea was in financial trouble towards the end there yeah um they tried to make it that club 815 or 615 or whatever that didn't work yeah and then uh and then it became silverado and so you know it's still there and it's, they're making money so obviously they can own the building but i appreciate that they returned the uh the, the mural to where it was at so definitely bob looks over our city you know he cares so absolutely yeah and i mean i think the effect on that is you kind of look around and, and look at all the different dj nights going on around i mean there's definitely been some staples um DJ Zacto and I, so after I, I DJed with Professor Stone and, and then he uh, moved out of town and whatnot, um, kind of around the same time, towards the end of that 2001 or so, I linked up with DJ Zacto and we were playing, we did a two-year two stint on Wednesday nights at the 715 Inn. Okay. Right up here, a couple blocks. Yeah, I saw on the news there was a shooting the other night. Like, does not surprise me. Yeah. It was crazy that we held that thing down, but Wednesday nights were reggae night. The Willamette Week rode up it a couple times. One time they put it in the Night Avenger. They put Dub Dive and had Bob Marley holding, like, a Bud Light in his hand. And nice. Talked about how cool it was that, 
you know, this kind of divey old-timer bar in the day then turns into a reggae club at night. And, and nice. we had fun doing that. You God, know? I wish that was still happening, man. That's two, yeah, two we, blocks away. Yeah, man, we <laughs> held it down for like two years. It was crazy. And then from then we moved on to some different spots. And then we ended up down at Ringler's doing our Monday night over there for a couple of years until they killed all the DJs and decided not to do DJ thing anymore over yeah, there. Yeah. But, you know, and then there's been some... Conan's Pub, obviously, back in the day. Oh, man, I miss and, that one, too, uh, man. you got uh, the UNI, and now YT's holding it down in St. John Saturday night. So there's definitely been places, but, again, you know, two, three years at the most, and then things kind of happen and things go away. So that was the thing. The Red Sea really had that longevity for 20-some years or what have you. Yeah, man, I miss and, it. I, uh, I hope one know. day we can get some type of anthology of photos of anyone. I mean, I know it was kind of pre-cell phones, so we don't I got mad flyers and posters yeah, in the house, man. Yeah, make a, make a little, like, some type of documentation sure. of, of, the, of the styles there. Well, man, um, that, that pretty much does it as far as this part of the podcast. Um, gonna have to have you back on here sometime man we can get deeper into the the talks man yeah anytime um want to remind everyone quick plug pdxreggae.com so uh again that's a, a website i've been running now for about two three years it's nothing crazy complicated it's nothing super flashy i'm working on upgrading it here hoping for like a june one live date on the new look but uh it's basically a reggae calendar things going on in portland um, that was really my answer to so many people when I talked to them and said, oh, so-and-so was in town last week. And people were like, oh, I wish I would have known. And I was tired of hearing that. So I said, well, I've got all the info. Ross Danny sends me the updates. Big up Ross Danny. You know, I'm looking. I got people emailing me, telling me about their shows. So I try to update it on a weekly. That's awesome. And has got live shows, radio programming, DJ events. And you can link me up on there. I check it out. It, so, I uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Eric Lewis who recorded a podcast that died because I did a shitty job of mixing it. Oh. But um, he's got a benefit concert. He uh, fractured his hand, and he is a part of a lot of local bands. Plays with many musicians. So, uh, it's gonna be twenty first Monday, May twenty first, two thousand twelve, uh, by donation at the Sunday Lounge. Um, last night we did the first one and it's just all these funk friends of his just come up and are freestyling and just doing like music the way it was meant to be played. And it's a beautiful night. So for anybody that's out there this week, uh, Monday night, uh, Sunday lounge, stop by and show some love for Eric Lewis. Um, and yeah, pdxreggae.com. I, I'm going to, I'm going to link up on that. That's going to go in the description. So you'll be able to to pass that along. Give thanks for that. Thanks for having me once again. I got big up every time. You you got one more part here, buddy. All right. You got one more part. Also, don't forget since I'm plugging reggae revelation, Sunday nights, eight to 10 kpsu.org. All right. Next, next track. So, so here you go. Pull it up. Selector. Here you go, buddy. Here you go. What do you got? Here you go. Hot seat. Hey, yeah. So the main, the main thing on this show is, uh, any, there's actually a second. Oh, Wanna hit the button here? We yeah. got we got an intro here. Just hold it down for a second. He'll he'll figure it out. Alright, so we got a visitor coming in. Um I'm doing the last part of this podcast, which is questions with Mikkel. This is questions that I ask my guests about Portland and I uh, try to stump you with the last one. It's an arbitrary question. You're never going to get it right. So in between, uh, I normally do plugs, so I'll just shoot you a plug right there in the middle there when we get done with it. But this is all you got left. You got three questions right. about Portland, escalating in difficulty, and then uh, we'll get you out of here, man. So, question one, Mr. DJ Shortchange, Portland, Oregon. 
uh, is famous for having a, an event in the naming of it that was called the coin flip. What other U.S. city was Portland going to be named if the coin had landed the other way? It is an eastern city, and it is not New York. Boston. That is correct. That is correct. It was going to be Portland or Boston. One guy was from Portland, Maine. One guy was from Boston, Mass. You looked a little uh, a little nervous about that one there, man. I thought that was a toss-up. Yeah, you... pulled that one out. Yeah, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, I didn't know I was supposed to study up on my Portland trivia. Yeah, see, that's uh, this is how I get everyone. I don't tell them. I don't, A, oh, I don't good. do pre-interviews, and I don't prepare people. I'm <laughs> probably a bad host in that sense. All right. Um, <laughs> Portland is uh, the largest city in uh, uh, Portland here. And we have... Portland's oh, the largest city in Portland? I don't know what I'm trying to say here, man. I'm the worst host ever. Okay, Portland is the largest city <laughs> in the state of Oregon. Um, there are several... There's actually 95 individual neighborhoods in the city of Portland. I would like for you to name three neighborhoods. Three neighborhoods? In Portland. All right. Irvington. Check. Lads Edition. Check. Okay. You're right in the sense that it's a neighborhood. Yeah. It, it's actually not a sanctioned neighborhood. All right. So, it, all that's right. in the Hopsford Abernathy neighborhood. So Beaumont. Gonna... Beaumont, yep, yep. One more. Ooh. Mm. Where do they film movies? Oh, I got some other neighborhoods. <laughs> uh, Westmoreland. Yeah, yeah. All right. Where do they film movies? Yeah. Uh. Hollywood. Yeah. There you go. All right, man. All right. So, final question. Keep going. I know, right? We could do this for days. There's uh, Sullivan's Gulch. Uh, we got uh, the Piedmont. You got um, Kenton. You got yeah. uh, King. You yeah. got um, so, uh, where we're in Lloyd right now, Lloyd Center. Um, yeah. So there's a lot there. I'm a I'm a politician of sorts, so yeah. I like I like to ask at least one political question. All right, man. Um, the final actual question that you have a chance of getting right is going to be the toughest of the evening. Um, I'm going to say, of Portland, uh, Rose City is a nickname that we know well on the show. We've already talked about it. Can you give for the listeners two other nicknames that are used? For the city of Portland, in the press, and in talking about our fair city. Stumptown. Okay. Check. Uh, I like P-Town, but I don't know if that's used by the media. Uh, P-Town works. P-Town works. I grew up in Port Townsend. We also PDX. PDX. I'll take that. Okay. Um, um, I was also thinking maybe Bridgetown. Bridgetown. Or, um, Rip City. Rip so. City. There you go. So there you go. All right, man. You did well. You're uh, in tie for... First place with Lee Feldman, Damian DeBizer, <laughs> and Chuck Fredrickson. With everybody who's taking the it's trivia It's true. Quiz. So the final question is right. the uh, the arbitrary question that everyone, unfortunately, I hate for you all that you have to get this wrong, but you will. What DJ Shortchange is the greatest container to eat food out of in Portland? The greatest container to eat food out of in Portland. I'll let you think about that for a second. Hmm. And everyone remember to go to pdxreggae.com for all your reggae needs. Listen to the Reggae Revelation show on kpsu.org. I think the greatest container is a pizza box, but that's just <sighs> me. Buddy, I appreciate your time today. <laughs> the true answer is a foiled giraffe from 
Montage. Montage. Oh, yes. there you go. Foil shaped giraffe. There you go. All Appreciate right. it, short change. Um, yeah, man. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Big up, man. Thanks a lot. Run it.